0: Salutations, Travel Guys listeners. You may just GQ here. A couple words before we jump into the newest episode, which will feature the destinations of China and Thailand. As we enter our 11th month of the Travel Guys podcast, the podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for reviewing. And thank you for telling your friends and family as well. But to those who have not, subscribed please please do so and please leave a review this helps our visibility when people are searching for podcasts in general and travel podcasts specifically and we're all about helping people here at the travel guides this is in addition to our everyday jobs um and this is more of, so of a passion project for us so help us help you please and thank you um <laughs> additionally as always follow us on social media you can find justgq at at GQ50 on Instagram and Twitter, and then just GQ50 on Snapchat. And you can find International P at, at Y-E-S-S-U-R 07. Um, So give us a follow. Keep you up to date. All that good stuff. We got a great episode for you today. So please take off your shoes and relax your feet and go ahead and listen to this newest episode of The Travel Guides. Oh, and one more thing. I feel like I do that from time to time. Uh, we rarely broach the topic of religion. Um, however, I'm a man of God. And as I was in service the other day, um, the, the sermon focused on making the new year a now year. And I think that this was very apropos for the for the travel guys, because a lot of people have been waiting to Hit the to pull the trigger, so to speak, on travel and on leaving the country and broadening your perspective. And if we can help to lessen your hesitancy in that regard, then we've done our jobs here. So please use uh, the podcast as a resource um, to increase your comfort level, so that you can, you know, pull the trigger on um, on that ticket that you've been that you've been watching for all of 2016. Okay? Now, on to the episode. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Travel Guides. Man, Just GQ here, and we have my great friend Priscilla here today, how are you doing, Priscilla?
1: I'm good. It's great to be here. Hi, everyone.
0: Absolutely, definitely. Thank you for being a, uh, a guest on the show here. Um, and today, Priscilla, Priscilla and I have been friends for some time. Um, very, very well traveled individual here who has had a, quite the variety of experiences here. A lot unique to myself as well as to I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there as well. So. We wanted to bring her in today just so she could speak to some of those experiences and speak to a couple places specifically. So I'm going to throw it to you. Why don't you give a little bit of background on yourself and uh, tell the listeners a little bit so they can know you better.
1: Absolutely. So first of all, I am a travel addict. Um, Started traveling as soon as I came out of college and was a weekend warrior, did short trips around California and New York at the time, and then realized that cheap flights came in abundance. (laughs) So whenever I saw a cheap flight... Didn't no matter where it was, I wanted to see something different, and just kind of got addicted to it. Um, at this point, probably have clocked in 40 to 50 countries. Um, longest travel time was a sabbatical I took after I started hating the finance world, and took a seven-month sabbatical and went backpacking through Europe.
0: Where did um, you go when you were when you were in Europe?
1: All over. So all over. booked trains as I wanted to. Spent a month in places I liked. Spent a day in places I didn't like. Had no plan, just went and... That's awesome. ...moved around.
0: How was that freedom? That freedom had to be pretty crazy.
1: I think it was the first time that I traveled alone. And so that's the the time that you realize when you're traveling by yourself, you wake up and you make a decision. Where I want to eat? Do I want to be in this country? Do I not? And that freedom, I think, is completely eye-opening as you look the rest of your
0: life. Did you have friends there? Or were you... You were totally by yourself. Totally
1: by myself. I decided on Monday (laughs) that I hated my finance job. By that Saturday, was in Spain and started.
0: That's It was crazy. It
1: was absolutely crazy.
0: I think the closest I ever came to that was after B-School, going over to Europe as well. But it was more or less, I had a buddy with me. (laughs) And we didn't have a plan necessarily, but we had a home base. We had like a loose structure. So to go over there with nothing is like... I don't know, that's just like, that's wild to me a little bit.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy to date ourselves, but back in the day, Wi-Fi wasn't as prevalent. You, didn't, you had roaming charges still. Right, like, internationally, yeah. you called mom for help, it cost you 30 bucks. Right. Uh, so it was a different world, and it was it was kind of crazy. You're still um, living by travel books. It wasn't a log on to the internet and see the top 10 trip advisors or thrill list or whatever it was. So it was a different time. It was fun.
0: That's crazy. So you said 40 or, 40 or 50 countries, yeah. right? Where has been your, your favorite thus far?
1: Favorites. So the there are a few places that I'll go back and back to. This um, is your
0: take the floor. So my, hey, you can do it. My, <laughs> this is your world.
1: Um, so I'm going back in two, three weeks is Cuba.
0: Absolutely. Oh, okay. Um, I remember you shamed me. Now, mm-hmm. you didn't shame me. You didn't shame me. But you got me in my feelings a little bit. Whenever I, because well, I thought I was breaking new ground going to Cuba. You're like, oh, yeah, the first time I went, it was X, Y, and Z. Go make sure you do this. And I was like, okay, cool.
1: It was unreal. It was a trip I planned with my dad. I absolutely wanted to go. So the first time I went, I went illegally, jumped through Cancun, went, nice. had no plans, was there for two weeks, uh, ups, downs, craziness, trying to figure out that country. And then the second time I went was one of the government-sanctioned um, actual educational programs and two completely different trips. And I think those trips made me realize I'm going to go back every few years for the rest of my life. I That's think awesome. it's an interesting place. It's fascinating culturally, from a political standpoint, the places you see, the food, smells, I think it's just an interesting, fascinating place.
0: From a so with there's obviously like been a jump in in the type of tourism and the level of tourism that's taken place with Cuba. What would be a couple pieces a, a pieces a couple pieces of advice that you would give to those seeking to go to Cuba for the first time or people who are on the fence about Cuba as a whole?
1: Uh, one, I think it's much more built out than we think it is. So as Americans, we weren't allowed to go for a long time. Right. But we forget that Australians could go, the Brits could go. Right. So they have a booming structured tourism industry. This so you wanna entire... you wanna rent a car, right. that's fine. You wanna go to a hotel, you can figure it out. Um, and I think that as Americans, like they're so loving and open to Americans as much as they hated our government for a right. long time. <laughs> right. um, and I think that going is such an interesting place to see an entire country. Havana as a city captured in time. Right. I think it's beautiful to just go and appreciate that.
0: That's very true. That was yeah. awesome. That was awesome. So why did you, how did you come to start traveling? Uh, why did you continue? I think it's it's very clear that you have a passion for, for the air and the road. Um, but speak a little bit about that.
1: So I think that one, you have to know, you can't see me here, but I'm mixed. Um, I'm half Chinese, a quarter Mexican, a quarter white. So one is I look ambiguous. And <laughs> right. two, I... Went home every day, had dinner at a table where you had different people yelling different opinions and different cultures all the time. So I love cultures that are different than myself. And whether that's food that's different or ideas that are different, whatever it is, I like seeing things that are different. Um studying international relations while I was in school, uh, love meeting different types of people and how it became an addiction in terms of moving forward of how much can I learn about things that are completely different than myself.
0: Right. That's awesome. That is that's awesome, and I think that the afforded perspective through that is something that people don't realize they don't have, uh, and it can be taken for granted that you know we we recent we typically will go back to or frequently go back to the fallacy of the homogenous people, regardless of where where you're traveling, there is a belief. Um, or a reception, more or less, that people are homogenous in these places, and so we don't we realize we don't realize that these same nuances in people that exist in America exist elsewhere. And so I think being able to grow up in kind of a uh, an ecosystem where that is the norm is extremely valuable.
1: No, yep, absolutely. And I think like at the core, humans are humans. We love absolutely. each other. We care. Certain things get us angry. Like oh, we have these same universal needs. But the lens at which we look at the world is so different.
0: That's awesome. Right,
1: like the, the society, the size of your society, right? If I'm I grew up in LA, when I go to a tiny village in Europe that's eight hundred people, like it's a completely different viewpoint than if I go to Mumbai or Bombay in India and you have hundreds of thousands of people in the same like neighborhood. Like you're just looking at things extremely differently.
0: Right. So speaking to so you you've you've obviously have a have a great Perspective on the world and uh, been to a lot of places, 40, 50 countries. What is left on your list? Like what is at the top of that list of places where you have to go?
1: Um, I think at this point I have a few left that are difficult to travel to. So we'll love to do Antarctica. <laughs> I think that is probably <laughs> the con- most ambitious all of us country <laughs> here and say, like, that would be lovely. Right. But there's a price barrier, there is a seasonality barrier, there's a planning and all that. Um, Speak
0: to that a little bit, because that's something that people don't necessarily know about.
1: In terms of how much it costs. Yeah,
0: like just like what the hurdles that the barriers to entry, if you will. I mean,
1: I think unless you have somewhere between ten and fifteen grand, you can't do Antarctica correctly, because where you need to go by chartering things, living, food, uh, if you want to see the countryside, it's just a different experience. And for me, like I can go to a hostel, live for seven dollars a night, two dollars for bread and soup and call it a day but I think there are some places that you just can't have that low value price experience and still see the country hmm. Antarctica is one of them uh, absolutely um, I've been trying actually if anyone's listening that could help um, for <laughs> about six or seven years to go to Iran
0: this is a solicitation
1: <laughs> so absolutely um, I would love to see the culture and the architecture of Tehran just from a photography standpoint but I think that international relations prohibits a lot of um the middle east absolutely places i want
0: to go one of my best friends is in um saudi arabia he's teaching right now i hope i didn't violate any type of government codes by revealing that but he's he's been over there and i remember he's a very like matter of fact individual like he's not here for the fluff you know whatever fun guy but very much like not here for the fluff uh, very real, if you will. And so like, I asked him one day we were on Gchat and I was like, Hey man, you know, would love to come visit. Um, you know, when, when can I come visit? He's like, you can't tourism is in the law." And that was like the end of the conversation, right? right? It was just like, it's over. Like you can't do anything. Yeah. We can meet yeah. in like Saudi Arabia or yeah. whatever, but like, or I mean, excuse me, in, um, in Dubai. Uh, or Abu Dhabi, but like Saudi Arabia is is a wrap. I
1: have a question. So anyone on the line, if you ever have an opportunity to go to Saudi Arabia, the only way to do it is to get a government or business letter of invitation and you have someone meet you at the airport. As a woman, you have to have escort almost the entire time you're there. There are a lot of restrictions. I would love to do Saudi Arabia. I'd love to do um, Lebanon, Iran. Um, Lebanon's hot.
0: Yeah. It's a hot. I mean, you gotta you gotta protect your neck if you're going if you're going to, to Lebanon. I've heard. Oh,
1: but on the flip side, it's a beautiful natural place. I believe like, it. Like the clubs, the dining, the people are beautiful, and like it just it's a wonderful cosmopolitan place. Right. But from our background, it's just hard to get there.
0: It's tough. That's that's awesome. Well, I I definitely appreciate that you've you've put me on a couple a couple nuggets. Um, but we are here today to speak about your recent trips to China and Taiwan. Um, so with that, I mean, give us a little bit about China and Taiwan, if you will.
1: So I think that the best way to ground this is the first time I went to China. So I went to China, um, basically the summer before I graduated from high
0: school. Okay.
1: Um, I'm half Chinese. I speak Chinese household, spoke it with my mom, um, but I'd never been before. And so it was incredibly eye opening to go on this trip and see like what my cultural roots were. Um,
0: how was that? Like, getting over and being like, oh, okay, this is, like, who I am.
1: So, it was a government invitation trip as, like, kind of a, um, what is it called when we will go to Israel? Yes. what is Birthright. 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 So, it's, like, birthright for (laughs) Chinese Americans. Um, So, when I went, they had a huge and wonderful invitation, a full itinerary. You're supposed to see these wonderful things. And it was the first or second year they were running it, so it didn't work out well. Right. Um, so people thought they were going to be doing fine dining in the best of China. And instead, we saw second-rate hotels. We saw a lot of the poverty in places that the government didn't quite want us to see. Right. Um, and it was the first time I realized like, how different life was from where I was from and how, what different meant, um, as opposed to looking at something in a history book or watching it on TV, what that actually felt like, um, and also just how blessed I was. And so, as someone who was supported by a lot of mentors, schooling all that, decided that I wanted to keep going back to China and to give back to that culture. Right. Um, so since then, have gone probably ten to fifteen times, um, all different provinces across China, and so you know, like Guangzhou,
0: is, like you, you've been. Also,
1: Shanghai, Beijing, all, all across. I mean, from the the eastern coastal cities that are big and easy to travel to, to You know, Western inland, uh, no addresses and no paved roads, types of places. Um, And I love China because it's dirty, it's gritty, it's different, it's cosmopolitan in the the tier one cities, and it's so alive. Uh, When I started going every single year that I went, things just looked different. Like absolutely, you saw growth, you saw change so quickly, and I think it's still the same way today. That if you go today versus five years from now, it's a different Shanghai. It's a different city that um, you saw the last time you were there.
0: That's awesome. That is amazing. So the I know we spoke previously about the juxtaposition that exists, the dichotomy that exists between China and Taiwan. Um, can you speak a little bit to that?
1: Absolutely. So depending on the person, <laughs> um, if you like dirty, gritty, different, if you like... Um, seeing chickens running around on the street, if you don't mind people being up close to you, not having toilets in your bathrooms, if you like that type of thing, China is absolutely the way to go. Um, if you're someone who wants to travel to see museums and cultural experiences, if you want to be able to eat street food, if you want to be able to have that type of shopping, boutique um, experience and understand the roots of China, I always recommend Taiwan. Um, and just to remember, like historically, when the communists came in a lot of the educated and cultural people this artists writers yeah. went to Taiwan Okay, right? and just the way that the communists came in they did um, extraordinary work in terms of building up the country and moving it forward but they didn't prioritize um, the maintenance of culture and so a lot of that is maintained more beautifully in Taiwan um, and I love both countries. They're just very different representations of the Chinese culture.
0: So that's the link yep. between between the two. I never quite understood what the mm-hmm. link was between Taiwan and China. And you, I think you uncovered a a large nugget because the dirty gritty, and I and I use dirty very reluctantly, but the the gritty just just large metropolitan feel that appeals to some. Yep. That appeals to some. But there are some who are looking mm-hmm. f- to get a a Chinese culture cultural experience um, that don't necessarily want that. Yep. And so you're saying that Taiwan's is is would probably be more of their of their flavor.
1: It's absolutely. It's how you package the culture. Differently, and, and just to be clear, when we say dirty in terms of China, you will have the most luxurious, beautiful, fine dining hotels. If You go to the Han- Shangri-La, like, like it is a growth country, right? right? So you have every luxury, good type of travel if you want to go to China. But as a whole, if you're traveling across the country, it's different than Taiwan, which is a very small island. Um, the example that I gave Josh earlier this week is if you want to get on a subway or train. Um, in China, I've had, I've had experiences where a police officer will come in and push me from behind to make sure that all the people can fit onto a Chinese train when I'm in. Or physically push you. So physically push you in. You have people, there's a very different bubble in terms of personal space. Um, and that's just, there it, is it's a country bubble. right it, it, There's a billion people, <laughs> right. it's, just, it's a different mindset. Right. Um, so for American travelers or Western travelers, it's just slightly different. Um, you have people who have different types of habits and what is Correct etiquette or not in public, and that's what you experience in a Chinese train. In Taiwan, you get fined if you eat or drink on the train, and people get in that's single crazy. file line to board and get off the subway. It's a completely different world. So, right? same,
0: same feel, same different, feel. Execution, same, same right.
1: jerk, different execution. Same, um, same culture, different execution. I always tell people I love street food. That is at least 30%, maybe 50% of why I travel. Um, <laughs> as a traveler to China, it's really hard to indulge in street food. Whereas Taiwan, the food is one of the main reasons you're going to go. The street food is phenomenal. The type of cuisine is phenomenal. They live and breathe street food for all people. Um, and regardless of what how strong your stomach is, you can go to Taiwan and eat anything off the street.
0: What is What has been your favorite street food dish and where was it? I know I'm putting you on the spot, <laughs> but I am very curious. As someone who is extremely passive when it comes to street, <laughs> street food and will... Go to the. We'll lean more to the Pringles that I have brought in case of emergency.
1: Oh, this is awful. So anyone who knows my past, uh, there's only one answer to this. Um, I had a headquarters that I worked with at a school in China. It was in the province of Zhejiang, in a city called Pinghu. And in one of the alleys, there was a old woman somewhere between seventy and eighty who um, fried goods, and she had a fried sausage that was phenomenal. So it, I don't know if she ever changed the oil, ever. I and mean, that was <laughs> her secret sauce, is that for the last 10 years, it's the same. 10 years of how. flavor. But it's a um, Chinese-style sausage, and she would deep fry it, and then you get it on a stick and walk away with it. Um, what
0: is a Chinese-style sausage, though?
1: It's slightly sweeter. Okay. It's um, different flavoring. It's still pork-based, but, but just different than what we think about in terms right. of like Italian or hot dog. Um, so I loved, lo- I literally every year would go, and every year would get sick. Oh, I, wow. I had this religiously, <laughs> and I would have to time it correctly with the trip, Right, so it wasn't during the flight home, but like somewhere in between, and I loved it, absolutely, and people always knew, like, hi, today is Priscilla Street Food Day, that's where we go. Great Sometimes on the way we, in, horrible on the way know out. where the, the <laughs> favorites are, uh, but absolutely, I think that without a doubt.
0: That's awesome, yeah. that's awesome. And then I, I would
1: say the second best would be, if you go to um, Si Ling, the night market in Taiwan anything you eat there and every year they come up with new things um, it's phenomenal
0: that's awesome so what about from like a sites from the sites perspective from like a for tourists who are going there what do they need to see what's overrated what should they like go out of their way and we're kind of doing it in a mashup style here so if you can when you're speaking about China about China <laughs> identify it as so and if and when you're speaking about Taiwan which I don't think that a lot of people are familiar with Taiwan um, just being just being all the way honest, it's kind of, um, you know, an auxiliary country to China, um, and doesn't get a lot of the shine that China gets as a, as a major country, a major destination. So, yeah, I, I think very much please give some context on on China, or on uh, Taiwan, excuse me. Do what you have they one have that you offer. want me
1: to start on? We could go Let's, go Let's, Let's go Taiwan. Let's go Taiwan. Okay. So, Taiwan. Taiwan right now, the most hustling center is Xingyi. And so that's basically where you go if you want to go to clubs or lounges. Um, It's right next to the Taipei 101, which at one point was the tallest building. Um, So Uh that area is bustling. It's easy to get around. Um, When you're in Taiwan, the things that, one, I would recommend, everyone's going to tell you this, is go to the night markets.
0: Night markets, okay. Um,
1: Night markets, there's multiple of them. Everyone has a different opinion of what the best ones are. But basically it is just rows of alleys. Of shopping, food, liveliness, and you just see a culture that's different than yourself. So right. I think that is first stop. You get there, you understand like what the range of culture is. And there are some people who go every night. It's a social place. There are people who are playing games. You can, you know, do fair type games. You have people who go there to shop and look for the cutest, you know, import from Japan, whether it be from a high fashion standpoint or just something that you need, you know, for for work. Uh, I think night market is the first stop. Uh, the second, this is
0: Xinyi, correct? Yeah. Okay.
1: So Xinyi is the neighborhood that you would start in. And then all of Taipei, which is the, the capital. Right. You have night markets all the way across. Um, I think that's stop one, number one. The second one, which I kind of alluded to already, is the food across Taiwan. And whether that's street food, um, restaurants galore. Uh, Taiwan is famous for themed restaurants. Oh. So you can go to a Barbie-themed restaurant. You can go to a <laughs> Hello Kitty-themed restaurant. You, in fact, can go to a toilet... Theme restaurant where you sit on a toilet and eat out of bowls that look (laughs) like toilets. So if you want something kitschy or funny or you have a theme that you want to go look at, definitely Taiwan is a stop to go for.
0: That's awesome.
1: Uh, So food, theme restaurants. And there's a big uh, problem right now in Taiwan is that everyone that's our age, their goal in life is to, with their friends, open up a cafe.
0: And so, from a from an age perspective, where I know some of you all learned about my, um, you know, the GQ30 um, that just passed. So we're speaking from about a 28 to a 35 year dynamic. I'll say 25 to 35. Yeah. I I was That's 20 to 30. That right. Was. Yeah.
1: In Taiwan, the goal is someday I'm going to retire. I'm going to open up a cafe and kick it with my friends. Listen to great music. Whatever it is that we believe in, like, that's what the cafe is. Isn't that is the in.
0: dream, though? So,
1: oh, it, it's <laughs> <love>. You <laughs> it's rarely entourage. have an entire country right. that believes in this.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: And um, it's become almost a problem now that the older generation is saying, like, how are we going to turn this country right. around? Right. wants to open cafes. But I would, you know, dare to, to believe that Taiwan, most cafes per square foot in the world. Wow. Um, so cafes, Nobody has a different idea, just, But everyone loves that. Like, that's there's what they like, want to do. Like, okay. They do the best awesome. cafe. They all They're just of to it best, right. so That's all they want. Um, and so, cafes are lovely. You just walk around. You can eat where you want. But the cafes are really a time to um, see other people our age hang out and see how people um, kind of want to live out their dreams.
0: Are they true cafes or are they like Amsterdam coffee shops?
1: True cafes. Okay. Cafes. Nice, some nice. food. You know, like people might have, like, a dessert or bakery idea. But this is, just, like, legit. Okay. There's the chill cafes, cafes nice. everywhere. Um, so what was this coffee one
0: on Friends? Uh, Central yeah. Park? Yep. It's like It's one yep. of those. Okay. Yep.
1: And everyone wants a tiny Central Park. Four or five friends for me to be there all the time. I might be themed. It might not be. It might be a pastry adjacent. But cafes everywhere. It's just a lovely, quiet, almost Parisian type of culture.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, let's sit
1: and enjoy coffee. Squad goals. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 and then I think people forget, forget... Uh, Taiwan is a mountainous island that I has know that. beautiful hot springs across the board, has national parks. So if you want to go outside and go hiking, um, heavy hiking culture, it is outdoorsy culture. And what? an hour or so from Taipei, wow. you could be in beautiful, beautiful countryside. Uh, whether you want to go to a five-star wellness retreat um, where you sit and do yoga outside and you know learn Tai Chi and, and things like that. Or you want to just go and you know grab a backpack, grab a car, and go walk around and camp outside? I think that it's a culture and it's a country that absolutely supports that.
0: Did you do any of that? Did I you did. like you did the, did the yoga, tai chi? What yep. did you? So I
1: went to it's a retreat called the One, and it's absolutely beautiful. Like no no technology, no Wi Fi. Um, Such a freeing down, feeling, yeah. 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 And just sit in and do wellness. And then I think the best national park in my opinion is um, Taroko, okay. which has a beautiful gorge. You could go, you could do a day hike, you could do a multi. Hike and go camping out there.
0: That's awesome. How, how was that? Did that? Was there a cost attached to that? Like, were you able to... What no, did you so, get out so of that? So
1: because the transportation is so easy in Taiwan, um, and when we flip to China, I'll kind of give a different opinion on that, um, it's very easy to jump on a train and go to where you want to go. That's awesome. Um, it's relatively inexpensive, and it's just safe, and you know how to navigate much easier um, so that the whole country is kind of yours and at your fingertips.
0: That is awesome. I cannot. It's always nice when you're able to travel somewhere... And it's made easily accessible to you, to where you can. I don't want to say like it's a take, take, take type yep. of mentality, but where you can enjoy the country for what it is and what it has to offer, um, without aggressively going after it. If that makes any sense, yep, you know. Absolutely. Um, awesome. Awesome. So, before we swap, are there any final nuggets on Taiwan that you would like to uh, would like to offer?
1: No, I think that's about it. It's just like the range of experiences that you can have in Taiwan. Um, Whether you want to go hiking in a forest or you want to live the cosmopolitan life in Taipei or you want to go try seafood on the coast um, as an island, it gives you preserved beautiful Chinese culture. And just really a range of um, opportunities that you want.
0: The seafood has to be awesome. The seafood I mean, is lovely, sitting absolutely. on the water. It yeah. has to be. We haven't started talking ridiculous. about you know
1: the fishermen and that culture there, but absolutely.
0: That's awesome. So let's let's shift gears. Give me a little bit about China. Let's make me feel like I'm there.
1: So I love China, right? So I've been back multiple <laughs> right. times. But China for everything that you're going to learn about China, China is hard to navigate around outside of the main city. Right, if you want to take so name the what are the name cities like? So most people will go to Shanghai, Shanghai, right? Maybe Guangzhou, maybe you go to Hong Kong or Taiwan, like those kind of peripheral. Guangzhou
0: is a city. I thought it was a okay. okay, Just rock out,
1: But most people will go to like these big areas that they've heard about. Um, Hangzhou, Suzhou have both gotten very popular just because they're also easier to go to. Great hospitality industry, things like that. But if you want to go out west if you want to travel around China, it starts getting more difficult, especially without the language. Oh, okay. Um, So I I think the one entry point, if you're not Chinese by background, is how different the country is. So we're talking a billion plus people, right, who have a completely different set of value systems. Um,
0: From what perspective? So
1: I think even if you look um, politically down, it's a capitalistic communist country that has had phenomenal growth, right? So I think that as a whole, people are looking at a collective good and there's just there's so many people, um, that the group benefit is prioritized above like individualism, which mm. is what we prioritize in kind of Western culture. And I think that every moment that you're in China, you are faced with something that is different than what you knew or what you thought, and you have to go with open mind. Um, I love going there because it's just exciting. It's different. I learn something new every time I go. Um but because it's different, it's harder to navigate as a traveler.
0: I don't want to, that is very interesting. I don't want to um, derail the conversation a lot, but you have mentioned two countries that embody an area of confusion for a lot of people um, Cuba and China. So, how would you, in your words, explain the dichotomy that exists between communism and socialism? I realize that's an ex- that's an essay question. I <laughs> okay. understand that, but and I will give you some time, some time to think. You can honestly re- like really think about it. I'll just edit it yep. out. But I am very curious about how you how how those, these experiences in these different countries have shaped your understanding of these two st- governmental structures.
1: Yep, absolutely. I, I think that number one is when I went to both of these countries. I learned the difference between textbook definition versus contextual definition.
0: Okay, okay. So
1: when I went to Cuba for the first time, um, I went with an older gentleman from Eastern Germany who kind of looked through the the last um, few decades, was saying how different this was than their experience. And so when you have socialism, communism, I, I think it's in the context of what that country looks like as well. So is does it have a culture of dance, music, island, the type of food, the weather, right? What the people actually believe is it truly faithful to that political definition? Versus we'll say communism in China, but today, like if you go to China, like that is not textbook communism anymore. Right? right? They they've created and contextualized that definition to work for that country, um, and, and so that's why I think it's so interesting to actually be there and see what it means.
0: So things are custom now, it's custom. Is more or less. Like the 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 old school identities of, of communism being more or less for one source of power and socialism being for the people as a whole, those are not, those don't necessarily hold up because as the countries mature, so did the governmental structures.
1: Yep. And I just like culturally, the people are different. The way they enjoy life are different. The um, actual territory and landscape is different. The right. weather is different. So all that comes together. These are all valuable and, factors. That right, And like, so yeah. you can decide what you want politically one generation, but you also have hundreds of years, if not thousands of years of history and culture that's feeding into that as well. So it's all within context.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so now right. it's a, so right. thank you for that. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's press play on, on China and what the people need to know.
1: Um, so people always ask Beijing or Shanghai or elsewhere. Um, if it's your first time, this is a very, very loose analogy. But Beijing is similar to our Washington, D.C., and Shanghai is similar to New York.
0: That's good to know. In that That's Beijing know.
1: has you know, your political, your historical, your cultural key points. You have access to the Great Wall. Um, it's interesting to see how that feels and it's run. Um, nowadays, Beijing has wonderful, a wonderful art scene, fashion scene, food scene. Um, so it definitely is lively. Um, but Shanghai is much, much more so your cosmopolitan New York type of feel. Um, everything that you would need in a big city in the, any other country is available in Shanghai Plus. Um, it's exciting. It's alive. It's brightly lit all the time right. um, in every aspect of that word, from the high-rise buildings to people chasing their dreams, the tech scene that's booming there, the fashion scene that's booming there. It's, it's really a very imagine. alive and fast place. Um, so of the two, if you <clears> haven't <throat> been, you should go to both because they represent different things. So it's like coming to the US, would I want to go to Washington DC and seeing those sites versus going to New York City um, and seeing Times Square. So those two absolutely um, should be a first stop. Um, Hangzhou, Suzhou that I said are now more cultural. They're quieter towns, not much quieter, but they, they are quieter um, that have you know the, the artisanship, a little bit more of the traditional buildings, a little bit more authentic food, you're not going to get the same number of KFCs or Starbucks (laughs) that you would in Beijing and Shanghai. Uh, While we touch on that, by the way, fast food in China, every single brand or every single name that we know takes on a different persona there. Wow. So try out McDonald's. Go see how different it is from us. Go realize that Pizza Hut in uh, Shanghai can be a sit-down restaurant that has pasta that you could take a date to. Um, Time out, time out, time out. Absolutely.
0: Starbucks?
1: Pizza, Hut. pizza,
0: pizza. pizza Hut. Excuse me. Pizza can be a a date destination. Date now,
1: sit down. I'm gonna have pasta and have a night. So it, they're completely different types of fast food, even though we think wow. we know those names. Um,
0: like on par with like a is it a is it an Olive Garden is it a Macaroni Grill?
1: A hundred percent. Olive Garden will be a perfect kind of fit into that. Pizza. Hut. Pizza. Hut. Pizza. Hut. The menu nice. changes and the different slight differences of McDonald's incredibly fascinating to understand that there's a culture that likes fish, it likes chicken, it likes um, certain things that are quote-unquote American, and what that price point is versus the 25-cent street bun that I could have, and what that
0: means. That's lovely to know, like especially for Cost-effective gentlemen who are looking to, you know, court a lady. You can go to, to China and you can, and you know, Pizza Hut is all good. Right? It's, yes. it's, fair, it's fair game. You can go in there. You can do your thing. You know, get you some pasta, get you some pizza, and boom, boom. You it's know, a, you're good. It's you're a balling. cultural experience. Right. <laughs> We're learning
1: something different here. It's all good. Um, so Hangzhou, Suzhou, like I said, I think those are two cities that are becoming popular and both have their own colors um, situated on lakes or the, the artisanship that are coming out of those um, my push personally would be actually to go a little bit further west uh, to a area called Thali, so Dali. So D A L I. And okay. if you look more historically, this is the area that they uh, wrote about Shangri La. Awesome. So it is stunningly beautiful. They're starting to get some boutique hotels and things like that to accommodate tourists. Um, but usually it's a little bit harder to get out to. Um,
0: so right so now like, this is like uncharted territory a little bit uncharted this, yeah. is, this is the wave right now this is if, you, yep. if you go out there and you're like this is some stuff that like you could you will go and people will be like where is that yep. like where where is this you could be okay yep. okay I Absolutely. get it I get and
1: it. if anyone ever wants to go and I can put my information out here because um, it will be in Chinese you will have the best bowl of soup that I've ever had in my entire life noodle soup wow. it's just phenomenal I still dream about it and their specialty there is actually raw pork ground raw raw pork pork with vinegar on it
0: will that stay in you
1: it will stay in you and actually you're fine with it it's incredible it's just a completely different place so great great noodle soup uh scenery that looks like shangri-la and inspired the description of shangri-la that's wow and raw pork so
0: (laughs) so there you go you get beautiful scenery and hopefully something that stays in you you know so that that's awesome yeah, and Raw is, pork and, uh, and great and great views.
1: And as big as China is, um, one good thing to know is that the entire country is on one time zone. Um, the entire the, the country? The entire country is on one time wow. zone. Wow. All Beijing time.
0: Do we um, know how, how the size of China matches up with, with America? Let's go on Google. C- continue to talk. Let's, <laughs> let's go on Google.
1: Um, and so, so I think that that still China, especially outside of the big cities, is an adventurous country to travel to. Um, there's so many different places, cultures, um, there are different dialects, so essentially different languages across the country. Um, so I do still think that there's a ton of entire territory in the country, and if you are someone who wants to see something completely different than what you are comfortable with or believe in or what you know, I definitely think China's worth, um, the effort and, and the, <laughs> the difference
0: there. So she's laughing because we just figured out the answer. Which I think will surprise a lot of, a lot of people So the largest country uh, From a land area square mileage standpoint Is Russia at 6.6 million Followed by a tie I repeat, a tie Between Canada, our neighbors to the north Some refer to it as America's hat And the United States At 3.8 million square miles I had never thought that Canada was the same size as the United States Followed at a close fourth by China at 3.7 million square miles. So Canada, the U.S., and China, about the same size. And China's all on one time time zone. That is pretty nuts.
1: So if you're traveling across the country, end to end, no need to change your watches. That's an add-on in terms of how how easy it is to travel. Everything else may be more difficult.
0: Time zones are something I don't necessarily understand. I don't understand I would need to do more research on those. I don't understand why.
1: Why? The benefit? Like
0: for what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what just, just for the sake of TV shows airing twice. I don't I don't get it, but I don't know. it you know, not my it's not it's not my plight. It's nothing that I need to uh to understand there. But I don't know. Um so <laughs> not to de- not to derail the conversation, um again, however. Are, is that, how do you, I mean, where are you, how do you feel? Are there any other nuggets that need to be, um, you know, divulged for China, for someone to have a successful China trip? You've, you've spoken about the, the main cities, you've spoken about the, the hot points, the juxtaposition between uh, China and Taiwan. Can you, uh, can you, leave, can you leave the listeners with, with a nugget or two that they can take with them?
1: Absolutely. I think the final point that I want to give if you're traveling to China is go in eyes wide open. So every time something bothers you, feels uncomfortable, um, you miss home, whatever it is, like know that you're looking at something that's completely different, a culture that's completely different, uh, people in a country that's completely different, and how much you can learn from that. And I promise you, if you go to China for any length of time, there will be moments that you feel that. And I think that's fascinating. Um, if that excites you, absolutely. It's a country that the entirety of it is worth traveling across. Um, Taiwan if you're looking for something exciting new different a island type vacation if you want to understand Chinese culture in depth uh, Taiwan is a very comfortable and easy way to go um, you can try all the food all the beverages um, everything in a very safe and comfortable way it's just two, two completely different experiences of what Chinese culture would be like.
0: That's awesome. And that's a great nugget to to sign off on. Um, I think that that's a, a cornerstone of travel in general. Like when you inherently when you are traveling to a different country, to a different culture, with a different language, with a different currency, with different dynamics, with different people, you're going to figure you're going to find a time when you feel uncomfortable and things feel inherently unfamiliar and Part of extracting as much as you can from that experience is being able to embrace the change as opposed to running from the change and understanding that America is not representative of the world in all reality like you you are going to encounter different experiences and embracing them will allow you to expand your Perspective to to appreciate different cultures and to have an authentic experience so that you can bring that back and add that to your everyday life and add to others in in our reality, be able to enrich their understanding and, and their knowledge of the world. So I definitely think that's a, a, a very valid nugget as well. So awesome. This has been. A phenomenal discussion. So thank you for agreeing to uh, to join us today on The Travel Guides. Um, and we definitely enjoyed having you. And so thank you to the listeners for tuning in to The Travel Guides, the podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. And remember, your next adventure is just a click away. Thanks for listening.
1: Safe travels, everyone, and happy adventures.